Hey Olive Branch, I hope you've had a Merry Christmas and we're excited that you've joined us today for this particular service. In fact, I'm not going to be preaching, but a good friend of mine named Doug Hughes and he's a friend from Crossroads in my past. He did Tressa my wedding is here to preach. He's been a pastor all over. He's done a lot of incredible things. He's got a great message for us this morning. I hope you enjoy this and I pray that you're blessed. Well, hello everybody. And Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I'm Pastor Doug Hughes, and I serve as one of the pastors here in Corona. And it's such a joy to be with you today, uh, not only uh, this weekend, but online and in person. When Pastor Greg invited me to come and preach a message to the people at Olive Branch, I was thrilled because I just feel such a connection to the church. Uh, you guys are fulfilling such an important role in God's kingdom. You're a loving church. And by the way, if you're somebody brand new to Olive Branch, I hope you settle in and make it your home church. Well, uh, two observations from me as we get started, mainly because I'm getting a little bit older. Number one is this, the older I get, uh, it seems like time just flies by faster. Anybody else feel that way? Uh, some people say that the older you get, it does accelerate. But the second observation I think is applicable today. Uh, what I found is that I don't take enough time in life to truly reflect. Do you feel like you just go, go, go and don't have the time to sit and really just think about what's happened? Well, I was so thrilled that Pastor Greg asked me to preach a message today and share with you this idea of looking back at 2020 and looking ahead at 2021. Uh, with 2020 almost over, by the way, can I get an amen? 2020 is almost over. Uh, I think it's worthwhile to take time to reflect on all that's happened to us, everything that's happened around us, and then really set our sights to what's happening within us. Um, and what a year it's been. You know, I looked at uh, CNN uh, photographers and how they captured part of this year, and I wanna share some of their dramatic photos with you, but just recount again what's happened in 2020. Uh, and uh, before I get started, I recognize this, that many of you suffered loss in 2020. I sure did. Uh, I've sat with so many families who've lost loved ones, uh, in particular some that have even lost children, grown, and uh, infants, and uh, it's been devastating. And so uh, if I seem joyful at times, it's not because I don't uh, see the hurt and the pain, uh, but I also see God in the midst of it, meeting our greatest needs. I know for some of you, you've lost dreams. Others have lost uh, income and businesses. And uh, let's take the time to suffer the loss, to grieve it, um, and then turn our hearts toward what God really has for us in 2021. Um, Anybody remember that beautiful pep talk in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy? You know, Quill is sitting there with his uh, ragtag crew of friends. They're about to face Ronan. They're undermanned. Uh, they're not going to win. Uh, it's a bit down and depressing. And he delivers this great speech. He says, you know what I see when I look at you? Losers. <laughs> and uh, they're like, this is not a good pep talk. But what he goes on to say is this, I see people who have lost something. And really, uh, 2020, we've lost something, haven't we? And then he finishes this way, but he goes, but today's going to be different. Today, the universe is going to give us something back. Well, uh, I can't promise the universe is going to give us something back, but I'm going to point you to the promises of God, and you're going to see that 2021 can be better than you ever imagined. And, and so let's do that. Let's take a look back. And uh, for me, uh, the first uh, memory is January 26. Do you remember where you were? Uh, that fateful morning when uh, Kobe Bryant, along with his uh, 
13-year-old daughter, Gianna, her closest friend, Peyton, and seven others. Uh, their lives were taken in just a moment as they were uh, flying in that helicopter into fog and uh, lost their lives. It reminds me that uh, nobody, nobody escapes death. Um, wise King Solomon reminded us of this. Uh, he, he said that um, death is the destiny of every person. We who are living should take that to heart. Um, and so if you've lost someone in 2020, uh, uh, I'm sad for you. I, uh, you have my sympathy. Uh, but my heart was broken when Kobe, I don't know him personally, probably you don't either, but he just occupied a great space in my heart. To be honest, Kobe reminds me a lot of my oldest son. Uh, they are those happy-go-lucky, extremely successful people uh, that you fall in love with. And so we lost Kobe. Next, uh, you may not know this, in East Africa, in East Africa, a swarm of locusts uh, took over the East coast of Africa. It was the worst swarm in 70 years, but it had an impact. Nearly 5 million people uh, moved into extreme poverty and uh, uh, at risk uh, of um, uh, hunger. And so uh, then it happened. Uh, January, we discovered that this thing called the coronavirus shows up. It originated in Wuhan, China with some mystery, but we found out it was highly contagious and then sadly deadly, especially to people with underlying conditions. It would become a worldwide pandemic on the good side. Elon Musk and SpaceX were the first private company to put a person into orbit. It had only been done by governments like ours and NASA. And so that was a little bit of a highlight. Uh, but then it came, it uh, happened in Minneapolis. Uh, a 42-year-old man named George Floyd ended up in conflict with the uh, police. He would lose his life, but it would spark not just local, uh, but national protests and ultimately rioting. Uh, the rioters would burn down a police station there in Minneapolis. It would continue for months. Out of that, uh, a reemergence of uh, BLM or Black Lives Matter political movement, it would be national and even international. Uh, so prominent that the Washington DC mayor would end up uh, painting on a street in front of the White House, Black Lives Matters. Um, Mobs would often form, deface, and then destroy historical monuments. And across the pond, Great Britain, after three years, finally exited out of the European Union. Brexit finally came to a culmination, uh, whether you like that or not. The United States stock market on April 7th suffered the worst loss in 30 years, a single day loss. Uh, it was quite a year, but it went on from there. In Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Rayshard Brooks would fall asleep in the drive-in or the drive-through uh, takeout area of Wendy's. Uh, he would end up in a 40-minute altercation with police and end up losing his life. Atlanta was set on fire. And of course, early in the year, President uh, Donald Trump was impeached by a Democratic House of Representatives, uh, later acquitted by the uh, Senate, uh, and shortly following that, do you remember the moment? Nancy Pelosi tears up the State of the Union on national TV, showing us that there's a great political divide in the United States. Well, then it happened. Lockdowns, it's a word that we become so familiar with. Lockdowns led to empty churches. It led to empty football stadiums. It led to empty restaurants, empty offices. I mean, it seemed like everything was empty. And if that were not enough, then come the murder hornets. <laughs> yeah, in Washington state, uh, these Asian uh, 
hornets come in and they start attacking all of the important beehives that serve the agricultural industry. And um, one thing that didn't happen, uh, none of this deterred the spring breakers on the southeast. They still had their spring break parties. But then COVID-related illnesses and the deaths began to increase, surpassing 200,000 Americans who died from the symptoms. Well, and then it was the virtual world, wasn't it? We had virtual weddings and virtual funerals, virtual graduation. Sorry if that was you, if this was the year you graduated from high school or college. Um, and it seemed like the whole world went virtual on schools. Uh, people became frustrated uh, and distrusting from even the information we were get, uh, getting from the so-called experts. Um, one of the saddest things of all, of course, is that hospitals no longer would allow visitors. And so there were suffering patients, some of them dying, uh, unable to see uh, the loved ones that cared about them so much. The nursing homes uh, would let people come close and tap on the windows, maybe hug their loved one through a piece of plastic. And then culminating it all, at least for me and maybe for you, uh, if that were not enough, if that were not bad enough, uh, it was uh, the news that Meghan and Harry uh, decided to forego their royal duties. That's a little lighter, by the way, but some of you really care about that. And so it has been an amazing year. And by the way, I stopped at June. I didn't even go past that. That was only half of it. Uh, how do you put a year like 2020 in proper perspective and look forward to 2021 and to fulfill really what God desires in our life? Um, I wanna share with you three ideas. And they're really centered around a single Bible passage. And it's the, the word from the Apostle Paul to the Philippian church. And he said this, this one thing I do. One thing. If there's one thing, grab onto this. This one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. How many of you know that uh, we need to forget some of what lies behind? And reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What was he saying? He was saying, put the past in proper perspective and reach forward to what God has for us. And what does God have for us? The goal that is found in the upward call of Christ Jesus. Nothing other than Christ-likeness for you and I. God is far more concerned with our spiritual development than anything else going around us. Years ago, my family vacationed uh, on uh, Lake Powell, and I had the opportunity uh, to be on a 75-foot houseboat. Can you imagine 75-foot? It had this beautiful big slide. It was two stories. The carpet inside was better than that in my own home. Berber carpet, big screen TV. I mean, it's a fantastic uh, place. It sleeps eight or nine people. It's just an amazing houseboat. Well, one day, uh, the boat captain said, would you like to steer the boat? And I'm like, of course I would. This thing is driven by two magnificent, massive Cadillac engines, two giant propellers. Um, and so I get up there and I take the helm of this thing, or the steering wheel, if you will. And uh, as I'm going, there's currents that are affecting me. This thing is so big, it acts like a sail and the wind is moving me around. And I'm honestly having a hard time keeping it uh, going in a straight line. Uh, and so he comes alongside me and he says, could I offer you some advice? And I think that's really what I'm saying today. Could I offer you some advice? He said, you know where you wanna go, don't you? And I go, yeah, I'm aiming at that peak way out there. And he goes, well, well, you know, you're all over, you're fishtailing. He goes, that's part of what you need to do. Keep aiming for that uh, point out there. But then he's gonna, he says this, take a look. And he opens the door behind me and he says, look in your rearview mirror. And I do, and he says, see your wake 
See how it's all serpentine like that? What I want you to do is make some small corrections according to your wake while still looking out at uh, where you're headed. And I want to tell you when I started doing that, I put what was in the rear view mirror in proper perspective and made some adjustments, but kept my eye on what was ahead, the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus, right? Um, everything trued up and I ended up where my destination uh, was taking me. That's really what we're talking about today. And so I want to coach you just like any coach would with point number one. Remember this, that objects in the rearview mirror often appear closer. Have you ever seen that little inscription on your rearview mirror? You know what? Sometimes the things in the past have far too much power in our life. Uh, we should understand them, but never allow them to control them. Whatever was in your 2020, um, it doesn't have to define your 2021. Uh, we ought to learn from those things and allow them to shape our character and move on. Uh, James, the earthly brother of Jesus, um, said that uh, we should actually be glad when trials come into our life. And if 2020 had some trials, listen to what James says. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. Why would he say that? He would go on to say this, knowing that uh, those trials will produce in you patience. And when patience has had its perfect work, you become more like Christ than ever before. And so let the trials of 2020 teach you something, um, but don't let them control you. Uh, I'll tell you what happened for me, two things out of the trials. Um, one is I found how impatient I really was when I was waiting in line for um, toilet paper. Anybody else find that out? So disappointing. You go to one store, it's not there. You go to a second, and then you have to wait till it comes on the shelf and grab it. Okay, patience. But God really did do something. I became more compassionate with those who were fearful and struggling financially. And so what I did is I took a volunteer job every week uh, in our food pantry. It was amazing. Uh, my heart was just, um, I would say broken, but made more sensitive to those that were suffering. We had large lines, uh, hundreds of people that would come each week uh, just to get a basket of food um, and just to know that God was in partnership with them. And I watched some and they would be in an old car like the one I drive, maybe 20 years old. And the very next car could have been a Mercedes or an MDX. Uh, it was affecting rich and poor alike. And so that's what happened for me. You know what? The Apostle Paul said this to uh, the younger understudy Timothy, and I want to uh, share it with you. It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Suffer hardship with me. Uh, as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier who is in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he might please the one who has enlisted him. You know, whatever's happening around you, recognize that oftentimes it's really a distraction from what God wants to do with you. And when we get that straight, we can be more useful, not only in our own personal transformation, but also in sharing the gospel of Christ in the world. I want to remind you that when Jesus began his public ministry, uh, he went into his hometown synagogue and he read from the great prophet Isaiah. And he read a portion of scripture that was actually written about him hundreds of years beforehand. But it informs us about how much we can find in use in the rearview mirror and how much is not really there. This is what he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And listen to this, he has sent me, meaning God has sent Jesus to proclaim release to the captives. I love how the King James Version puts that, heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Um, whatever you've done to displease God that has now broken your heart, made you remorseful and made you repentant, God wants you to be free guilt-free, 
from that. He went on to say that I've come so that they might have recovery of the sight of the blind. And then this, to set free those who are oppressed. You know, King James translated that, those who are bruised. Whatever's been done to you in 2020, God wants to set you free from the power of it as well. Sometimes sins happen to us. Sometimes sins occur because of us. God has freedom for both of those. Jesus declares that he wants us to set us free. Why? Because he loves you. More than that, and this will be hard for some of you to receive, he made you and he likes you. And so would you let that freedom come into your life as you look into the rearview mirror? Um, remember, objects in the rearview mirror appear closer than they actually are. They seem bigger. Keep the past in perspective. Um, let it inform you, but never control you. Number two bit of advice. Would you know and accept this, that God's specific will for your life is often difficult to discern? It's really not that easy. Um, sometimes we get stuck uh, in our Christian walk in what I call sort of a Christian analysis paralysis. Uh, we get stuck because we think, you know what, until I get the um, audible, out loud answer from God on how to move forward, uh, until I get all of the resources literally in hand and in my possession and control, I can't take a step forward. Um, it just rarely works that way. Um, we have to step out in faith, oftentimes with incomplete information. Why? Because God wants us to exercise faith and trust in Him. He doesn't give you all of it up front. We know God's general will, right? Uh, His general will is that uh, He desires all to be saved and come to the knowledge of repentance. He wants you to abstain from sexual immorality and learn to possess your uh, vessel in honor. That was for you younger people. Uh, and uh, uh, we know His general will. It's revealed in the Bible. And so we ought to be re reading the Bible on a daily basis. That's an encouragement I have for you. But at some moment, knowing all you know of God and his character from the word of God, you must step out in faith. Uh, the author of the book of Hebrews said this, without faith, it's actually impossible to please him. God wants you to exercise faith. Um, he goes on uh, to say this, for he, um, uh, uh, he who uh, uh, is going to exercise faith must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Uh, and so you'll have to do that. Some people think just because things are difficult that God's not in them. Quite the opposite. Uh, difficulty, trials, and pain go hand in glove with God's call on our life. Um, in 1 Peter, the Bible says, Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the very fiery trial um, which uh, is trying you at this time, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Trials are the common part of the Christian life. Um, and so as you look forward to 2021, would you along with me be more committed than ever to knowing God's word, but being willing to respond to the promptings of his Holy Spirit? When God impresses upon you something to do, would you take the risk and actually act in obedience? Sometimes God is calling us to take that step. Uh, the Bible says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet, not a laser beam into my entire future. God will give you just what you need to know to take the next step. Uh, many, many years ago, when I was still serving as a youth pastor, I felt um, that God was calling me to invite all of our uh, young people to go on mission trips uh, overseas uh, in this one summer. And uh, so I put the call out, and we had a significant youth ministry, and in this particular year, only one person said yes. Uh, her name was Andrea, and then I felt obligated because she said yes, she felt a call to go to Ecuador um, in uh, Central America and uh, South America. And I said, well, if you're going, I'm going. And so uh, 
Um, we went to Ecuador, and I still remember uh, just at the airport, her mom said to me, keep a good eye on it, Andrea. And uh, so we got on that plane. We joined people from all around the United States, other young people. And then when uh, we landed in Guayaquil, there was a team from Chile, a whole bunch of teenagers from Chile that joined our team. We were big, over 35 people. And uh, when we went to uh, where we were gonna minister from, one team went off uh, in one direction to a nearby town. I ended up staying right in Guayaquil with a pastor named Marcelo. Can you uh, imagine uh, who got selected for the other team? Andrea. As a matter of fact, I remember hearing her mom's voice in my mind say, keep a good eye on Andrea as she went away with a bunch of Chileans who I didn't even know. Well, that isn't the story. The story is while I was staying there with Marcella, we were 20 people in a single house. Let that sit for a minute. Marcelo, his wife, and a uh, child, and 20 more strangers. It was a three-story house, really two, with a third story on the top that was open air. Uh, people were sleeping everywhere, and we were doing great ministry. We were in the neighborhoods, knocking on doors, praying with families, doing evangelistic uh, efforts, and seeing fruit from it. It was going really well. We were exhausted after about six days, and it was the afternoon, everybody's unwinding. I'm in the street right in front of Marcelo's house. And uh, I'm tired, but I'm sitting there and I'm watching something, I'm observing something. And what I'm seeing is that where Marcelo's house sits is a street, but beyond that is a kind of a, a dirt parkway. And beyond that is um, a little gully and then a highway. And I watch people get dropped off from a bus on the highway, walk across a bridge where that little gully was, and then cross the parkway and then go to their homes. And each time they did, almost uh, to a T, people would throw trash into the gully or onto the parkway. And I'm sitting there and uh, I'm thinking, that's kind of odd. And so I, I was praying about it and I felt like God said, why don't you get up and go pick up the trash? And now this was a prompting of the Holy Spirit, I think, but I didn't recognize it as such. And so I replied to God, you called me 2,500 miles to pick up trash? <laughs> Hey, I'm a pastor. Don't you have something bigger for me? Um, and after wrestling with the Lord and arguing, I finally did it. I got up with nobody noticing. There was kids all around. And I, I crossed that street and I went into the parkway and I began to just pick up as much trash as I could kind of get together in my arm. And then I brought it back and I found a trash can. I threw it away. And I repeated the process again and again and again. And before I knew it, some of the kids were doing the same thing. Uh, within a couple hours, it was like an army. We had cleaned everything out of the goalie, everything for uh, about 50 yards on that parkway. And when I got back, uh, I sat down rather satisfied because it looked so much better. And Pastor Marcelo's next to me. Um, and, and I asked him something. I said, Pastor Marcelo, in that parkway, there's these things that look like brick wells. Um, what are those? Because it was brick coming up about waist high in a circle. And he started to tear up. And uh, uh, I go, what's wrong? And he goes, you know, we always dreamed that those would be palm tree plant planters. We always wanted to put large palm trees there and see this parkway become someplace the kids could play. And I just noted that. And he was, he was heartbroken. He himself, by the way, was a Chilean uh, as a uh, pastor and a missionary in Ecuador. Well, later that night, I told the kids a story. They start giving me money. I mean, lots of money, all of their souvenir money, and I have 150 bucks. The next morning I said, Marcelo, do you think it would be possible for me on behalf of these young people to buy your neighborhood those palm trees you always wanted? He was overjoyed, so he assigned to me a 15-year-old kid 
to take me 20 miles to the center of town to buy palm trees. We got on a bus early morning. We took off the two of us, uh, got to know each other a little bit on the way. We found a nursery that had beautiful palm trees, some of them 10 feet, 12 feet tall, kind of thin, uh, but they would be gorgeous, just the right fit there. So we bought them. We still had money left over. Um, and so we bought them and then we looked at each other and we had no answer. How are we gonna get these back? You can't put them on a bus. You can't transport palm trees on a bus. And we were both standing there like fools. We couldn't even talk to each other. We just turned around and walked out knowing that we own palm trees that we can't get back to the church or back to uh, that neighborhood. We walked about 50 yards, not saying a word because I think we were secretly mad at each other and thought the other had the answer. And as we did, nearby is this six lane highway buzzing by us and there's a police officer on the right side. And as we're passing him, he stops us. Now, I was hoping it wasn't anything wrong. I've been praying like crazy. And he stopped us and said, what are you doing? We explained our situation. Just, we bought palm trees and we can't get them back where they need to go. And this guy took his whistle. I've never seen anything like this. He put his whistle in his mouth, his hand straight out, and he hailed a truck, a small little pickup truck from the third lane over to come right in front of him. And when that guy stopped, who had no idea what he was doing, he commissioned him to be our driver for the next hour. And he did. We did pay him well that day, by the way, for taking the time. But we loaded those palm trees down, sat in the bench seat together really tight, and delivered those palm trees of which all of our teens planted that day. It was amazing. You might think that's the victory. And that would have been enough victory. It really would. Um, but the word spread. While we were planting those palm trees, the neighbors came out and started to, again, take ownership of that area and uh, started to make it look even better. And it brought the neighborhood together. The story began to leak out to nearby neighborhoods. And uh, within three days, the mayor came by to see Marcelo, who was not only having us live in that house for a week, uh, but he was running his church in that house. The church had now grown to nearly 100 people. Well, the mayor came by, heard about what he was doing, and took him over across town and showed him a brand new plot of land, which he gave to Marcelo and the church so they could build their first structure. Uh, how many of you know sometimes a small prompting by the Holy Spirit with an obedient heart can produce more in the kingdom than we ever know. That's my encouragement to you. Remember, objects in the rearview mirror may appear bigger than they actually are. But God's will, it's not that easy to discern through the windshield. And so you need the prompting of God's Holy Spirit. I'm going to finish with this. Because it's imperfect, would you please give yourself permission in your life to zig and zag a little bit? If you're a believer in Christ, you've already made the all-important decision to follow Him. You repented and turned from going your own way, and you're now going God's way. Heaven is your hope and your destination. Uh, you belong to Him, so you're going the right direction. You just don't need to go perfectly straight. Allow yourself to zig and to zag. Uh, some people, parents especially, um, we get too fearful that we're not doing it perfectly. We're not raising our kids in a perfect way. Uh, we're not living our lives exactly as we should. You have grace with God. The truth is this, what God is doing in you is way more important than anything happening around you. Um, I love how Oliver Wendell Holmes put it, what lies within 
I'm sorry, he said it this way. What lies behind and what lies ahead cannot be compared to what lies within. The goal of your Christian life is to become like Jesus in word and thought and deed. And he's going to take you on an adventure that zigs and zags when you put your faith and your trust in him. Look, on one hand, pray continually. You've got to seek God with all your heart. Um, but don't make too many solid plans. James, uh, the earthly brother of Jesus, said this. Um, instead, you ought to say this, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or do that. Invite God in to direct your life. Don't get your plans so locked in that God can't speak into them, but recognize that Jesus promises he will speak. Uh, Jesus said this to his closest friends, but he meant it for you. My sheep and you're his sheep. They listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You see, uh, uh, there's a balance, isn't there? And we need some permission to zig and zag. The Apostle Paul summarized it so beautifully to the Ephesian church. This is what he said. So then, would you be careful how you walk? Don't be as unwise people, but be wise. Make the most of your time, because the days around you are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine, because in that there's dissipation or debauchery, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you be a Holy Spirit-led person this year? Speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your hearts to the Lord. And always give thanks for all the things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to our God and our Father. And subject yourself to one another in the fear of Christ. So whatever 2020 held for you, let's commit to make 2021 uh, a year of redeeming the time. You know, give yourself permission to zig and to zag. And now just a final word. For some of you, this is brand new. Uh, you've never really put your faith and trust in Christ. And so for you, before you can ever zig and zag, you gotta know you're going God's way. And so you need to turn around. The Bible calls that repentance. Uh, if you've been living your life uh, and you're the boss of it, uh, you need to turn around and start going God's way. How do you do that? You open up your heart to him and you say, Jesus, what you did upon the cross matters to me. I can see that you love me and that I need your forgiveness and I'm going to accept and receive that. And I'm going to make a commitment that I'm going to follow you all the rest of my days. You'll have the hope of heaven awaiting you, but more than that, he'll throw earth along uh, with the package deal. And so would you all join me in a word of prayer? And uh, especially those of you who want to give your heart to Christ, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. And so God, our heavenly father, you live not only in heaven, but when we put our faith in you, you live in our heart. And so for each of us who suffered during 2020, we commit that to you to put it in proper perspective. As we look ahead to 2021, God, oh, we pray that you would lead and guide on a daily basis. We commit that we will follow the promptings of your Holy Spirit to know your word even better than we ever have. And God, we pause to pray for those who may be wanting to reach out to you, who have never put their faith and trust in your dear son. Would you speak to them? Speak to them at this moment. Show them that they have a need for forgiveness of their sin. Convince them that Jesus is the only way. And so if that's you, could I lead you in a model prayer as we all continue to pray? Would you say to God, either out loud or in your heart, he knows your very thoughts, would you say this, Lord Jesus, I know that you love me. And I know that you died upon the cross to forgive me of my sins and even to heal me of my hurts, to free me, for my fears. You died to make me alive and to make me brand new. And so today I say yes. Yes, I want you 
and I want the life that you have for me to live. And so I'm opening up my heart to you. Would you please fill me with your love and fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me become the person you always wanted me to be. For this I pray in your holy name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Uh, such a blessing to be with all of you at Olive Branch. And I want to say what I said at the beginning. Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year. Hey, well, thanks for joining us and being a part today. If you're new and you're checking out Olive Branch, first of all, we want to just say welcome. We hope you had a Merry Christmas. And we would love to hear from you. You can turn your cell phone into the way to do that simply by texting the word new to the number here at the bottom of the screen. And if you do that, we'll be able to get in contact with you, connect with you, get you information, answer your questions, and begin to build that relationship. Otherwise, Olive Branch, we pray that you're going to have a happy new year. We're looking forward to 2021 and seeing what God's going to do. And we are also looking forward to the beginning of a new series. Here at the beginning of the year, we're going to do a series called Some Assembly Required. We're going to be going back to the book of 1 Timothy and looking at what is the first thing that we do to really put the church together. You know, it's been a crazy year and there's a lot of assembly that needs to be done. And so we're going to look at how the book of 1 Timothy challenges us to reassemble the church. And so hopefully you'll join with us. You get into this. It's going to be a very, very applicable set of messages. And we're excited to bring that to you. Otherwise, we hope you have a great week and we will see you next week.